Welcome back, fair townsfolk, to another episode of Random Encounters, where we will discuss a random monster pulled from a random monster manual. And by we, I mean the Brothers McGill. Those brothers are me, Nick. I'm Matt. And I'm Brandon. And we are here to do that discussion with you. It's going to be completely random. And of the 21 monster manuals that I have... I have pulled, randomly pulled, the Pathfinder Bestiary number six for this week's exciting little discussion. And on top of that, I have randomly drawn page number 214. So I'm going to start with some flavor text and some supporting text from here. And this is one of those not terribly uncommon moments where you guys are just not going to be able to to come up with this name no matter how much I push you in the right direction. So we'll probably just give you the name after the fact. This glittering serpent's body ends in a looping length of tail. Its scales glow softly in ever-changing patterns. That's all I got for you. Oh no, here we go. Just as other proteans delight in bringing change to subvert the awful stagnancy of the physical world, these are dedicated to inviting chaos and freedom into the dull, stale lives of its inhabitants. Unrestrained by the limits of a physical body, they spy on private spaces and secrets and hop from host to host to savor the strangeness of the physical world using as many senses as possible. Sounds pretty cool. It is a Pelagaster. P-E-L-A-G-A-S-T-R. This is a protean Pelagaster. And it, and it looks really pretty cool too, honestly. I like the art a lot. Brandon, you want to, before we get into the Pelagaster specifically, do you want to give us a little info on Protean? Proteans are serpentine outsiders of pure chaos. Okay, sounds right. Slithering creatures of pure chaos, Proteans claim they are the masters of the multiverse before the first gods created the other planes from the pure chaos of the primeval beginnings. They seek to tear down the multiverse and restore it to its original chaotic form. Bound proteans seek to find a way to achieve this goal, even when bargaining with those who dare summon and bind them. So yeah, looking back at all of the, the other proteans, they're definitely all serpentine, that's for sure. These guys are, are pretty neat. They are incorporeal. They are extra planar. They are shape-changing. They are chaotic. They're chaotic, neutral, medium creatures. Challenge rating of eight. So this is one of the, the higher-ups. We haven't seen anything too terribly high just yet, right? I think eight's been the highest. 
Pretty close, yeah. So they have a, an AC of 20. They have uh, 105 HP with fast healing 5. They have amorphous anatomy, freedom of movement, damage reduction... Oh, interesting. Damage reduction 5 lawful. So when they take lawful damage... The only thing that bypasses damage reduction is lawful. Oh, wait. I believe that's the way Pathfinder works. Is they have damage reduction of 5, and the only way to bypass the DR is if you're, I guess, a lawful creature. Okay, so I, th- I thought it was saying... I thought it was the other way around. I was I thought it was damage reduction only applied to things that were lawful. I don't believe so. Okay. Yeah. Okay. The other way around. Okay. I think it's a common misconception. Yeah. I'm. Oh gosh, it's been so long since I looked at three five. Other than the monster manuals, they're immune to acid and polymorph. They can resist electricity ten and sonic ten. So what's, what's the difference between oh, so resist is. The first ten of the electricity damage is just ignored altogether. Correct. On top of that, if it's not lawful electricity, do they damage reduce another five? I don't know if it stacks or, or oh, not. Wow. That's interesting. Is lawful electricity only that which comes from an electric chair? Oh, I think it's a battery. It's just a, a nine volt. Oh, Touch it to your tongue. That's it, yeah. But that actually bypasses, and he, he takes full damage from that. <laughs> What's SR, Matt? Spell resistance? I think so. I would assume. His SR is 19. Jeez. Does that sound right? I'm not really sure how that applies. You're right. Is that just the first 19 damage off of a spell? That doesn't sound right. That doesn't make a whole lot of sense. However, I mean, maybe it is. Maybe he's immune to spells, yeah. basically, except for really powerful ones. Yeah, that's possible. Is the 19, like, a check against? No, because if DR is not is no check, I can't imagine that spell resistance is. Yeah, I mean, if that's what the SR stands for. Correct. Right. They have a fly speed of 30 feet. Perfect. Do you know what perfect flight is? You probably don't have to roll fly checks every round, I would assume. You don't have to f- do a fly check. You don't have to... It's basically levitation that does not degrade. Yeah. You hit the altitude you want, and you can stick at that. Yeah. It's basically you're, just, you're walking. You're floating. Yeah. They have a bite melee of plus 16 to hit. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty good. It's only a D6, though. Only a D6 of damage. Oh. Two claws are both plus 16 touch. And that's only a D4. Tail slap is plus 12, and that's a D6 plus 6. They can constrict. They have overshadowing ego, which uh, we'll get into. They have spirit coils, which we'll get into, and warp wave, which we'll get into. Hmm. They constantly are comprehending, they're basically constantly casting 
comprehend languages and detect law. So yeah, they they do not like the fuzz one bit. Yeah. They can do dispel magic at will. They can do greater teleport self plus 50 pounds Jeez. at will. They can do mage hand at will. Three times per day, they can cast hypnotic pattern and pilfering hand. And once per day, they can cast chaos hammer. Hmm. Now I need to get all the, the magic manuals just so I know what these spells are. They can't be tripped. That's cool. Oh, they have a plus 20 to their stealth when motionless. Okay. Because they're kind of opaque and you can kind of... They're a little kind of chameleon-y, chameleon-esque. Yep. They blend in. Oh, special, special qualities, blending scales. There we go. For their ecology, their environment is any. In parentheses, it says maelstrom. So I don't know if that's saying that's where they're where they're originating from. Might be, yeah. Uh... Their organization is a solitary pair or a convocation, which is three to six. Hmm. So they look like they've got an overall serpenty feel. They've got a long neck with kind of a dinosaur-esque head, almost a humanoid torso with arms that end in four claws, but then the rest of the body is just a long, coiling tail. Very lithe and stringy. Okay. Yeah. Very neat looking. Very cool. I like these. Oh, when they change shape, when they cast their, uh, their, their change shape, they remain incorporeal in its... In, okay, yeah, so when they when they cast change shape, they, regardless of the shape chosen, they're still incorporeal. Okay. That never changes, apparently. That's kind of interesting. I, I would be... I would like to know if that is by choice or if they can never actually become solid, you know? Fully on this plane. Yeah. Oh, and that must that must account for all for the damage reduction, right? I would imagine, yeah. But they're just so so chaotic that the lawful part is kind of bypasses that. Yeah. Honestly, when you provided the description personality-wise at least, all I could think was Loki. Mm. It's a serpentine, a ghosty serpentine version of Loki. Yeah. Yeah, just chaos and... Old God. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, the protein part is they're, they're old gaudy. But these... Remember the, the tail end of the flavor text? They hop from host to host to savor the strangeness of the physical world using as many senses as possible. Mm -hmm. Oh, and that's... Mm, good segue. That's where overshadowing ego comes in. Once per round, as a standard action, the Pelagaster can merge its body with that of a corporeal creature. This ability is similar to a greater possession spell. The caster level equals the Protean's hit dice. Which is 
10, right? Because he's 10d10 plus 50, so that's 10 hit dice, I think. I think that's it, yeah. I think that's how they calculate it. To use this ability, the Pelagaster must be adjacent to the target. The target can resist the attack with a successful DC 19 will save. So your Barbarian is getting taken over with no issue whatsoever. Yeah. A creature that successfully saves is immune to that same Pelagaster's overshadowing ego for 24 hours. That's pretty cool. Brando, thoughts on the, uh, on the Pelagaster? It just seems like it has a lot of abilities, a lot of a very big arsenal. It's got a lot to pull from, yeah. Yeah, and uh, immunities and resistances in addition, I mean, just even just the, the perfect flight. Yeah. There's a lot that it, a smart DM could put together in succession to make a pretty big, pretty difficult encounter. Yeah. I definitely would not want to face more than one of these. Oh, God, no. Yeah, this could be a... This would make a great boss fight, for sure. I'd be interested to look at the other Proteans and see if there's maybe a way to kind of ramp up the the adventure to have the party experience crappier and harder and nastier proteans until you get to the point where you have to face this guy. This might not even be the, the most powerful either. Yeah. Right? I'm, I'm actually going to look at that. This is an eight. Oh gosh. Yeah. There's a four here, um, but the Ashigeros protean is a 13. Whoa. There's a 20. Yeah, so these guys really span. So you could basically make an entire an entire game out of the succession of of proteans. Yeah. You know, you as you level up, you face harder proteans until you find the most difficult one and you know, thus ending the game. It wouldn't be an ongoing forever and ever game. Yeah. But it would be a fun maybe I don't know, depending on how many, maybe a six-month quest type thing. or Yeah, I mean, it. if you consider giving your players a level after every session, that seems entirely feasible. Yeah. I mean, you could always draw it out, too, so that you don't see one every session. True, yeah. And just level them up after a couple... Yeah, because there's a four and then a five, and then we don't see another one until the Pelagaster at eight. So maybe there's just a sprinkling of them mm. at first, and you you don't. Maybe it's coincidence instead of pattern until you start re- seeing more and more of these things, and then part of the adventure is just figuring out what the heck's going on. Why are you? Why do you keep encountering these things? Yeah. That's a cool hook. That's a cool idea is to pull in more of these guys. Mm-hmm. You climb the climb the protean ladder. Yeah. So they also have spirit coils. When they a, a, a Pelagaster's bite and claw attacks 
resolve as touch attacks and deal force damage. Now, in 3-5, they have three types of AC. There's your standard AC, which is you in armor, ready to, to experience an attack. So the touch AC does not include your armor bonus, your shield bonus, or your natural armor bonus. But it does include your decks and your size mod, things like that. Yep. And then the flat-footed, I always remember flat-footed as like someone sneaking up behind you and catching you flat-footed, essentially, so you don't get your dex bonus, you don't get your agility movement. Yep. So basically, because the protean is incorporeal, they're reaching through the plate armor that you have and can directly hit you with their claws Jeez. and their bites. Oh, yeah. wow. That's messed up. So they're not going to do a lot of damage, but they're going to hit you almost every time. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, it is a much more reliable hit. Yeah. Which, which is, is just as, if not more effective than when you could be hitting with a 2d12, you know? Yeah, exactly. It's, you're still doing zero damage if you're, if you're missing. So they, they, the bite and claw attacks resolve as touch attacks and they deal force damage, but the tail slap attack resolves normally and deals bludgeoning damage as the tail dips into reality when attacking. That's cool. Jesus. This also allows it to constrict and grapple foes. The Pelagaster always adds one and a half times its charisma mod to damage dealt by its tail slap. So charisma mod gets added to the damage of the tail slap. Instead of strength? Instead of? I No, you know what? It says the Pelagaster always adds one and a half times its charisma mod to damage dealt by its tail slap. It doesn't say in addition to. And it's one and a, one and a half times, so it's only it's basically half of your your charisma mod. So the sure. charisma mod. So the strength is. Where are your stats? Here we go. Oh, it it doesn't it doesn't have a strength at all. I guess that explains that. Oh, all right. And the charisma is nineteen, so that's a plus five, something like that. Yeah, or plus four. I think it's a five. So. It adds a two. It adds a plus two to its to its tail attack. What's Wait a one? minute. It's one it, and it a half. said Yeah, so seven. Oh yes, yes, yes. It's not times one and a half. Yeah. Okay. No, it adds one and a half the mod. Okay. Okay, yeah. So it, it's it's adding seven. Yeah. It's hefty. That's really cool. That's tasty. And then finally it has warp wave. A creature that takes damage from the Pelagaster's constrict ability must succeed at a DC 20 fortitude save or be affected by a warp wave. To determine the effects of the Pelagaster's warp wave, roll 1d12 and consult the warp wave effect table on page 306. Let's go to 306. This is every time it hits regardless? This is... Or is it a, an ability? When it takes damage from the constrict ability... Okay. So if you can't break out of that constriction every time it comes around to, and let's see, with constriction, I 
believe the damage is dealt on their turn because they're actively holding and constricting. So every time the damage or the every time the turn comes around to them, they can constrict. So it doesn't look like they have multiple attacks, so maybe they can only do one. So that's slightly promising. I would have to look at because constriction is an actual thing. An actual condition. Yeah. Okay, so let's look at 306 and 307. Warp wave effect. Whoa. This calls back to... We were talking about... Oh, the... This calls back to the Wraith, Brandon. When you when we were talking about getting the Wraith into Whimsyshire and mm -hmm. you said that every time it hit the person it hit had to give away one of its items, basically. Yeah. Had to gift, had to give it as a present. And I said that reminded me of the Rust Monster. And when things yeah. were less forgiving and you could take damage to your stats as much as just your regular hit points, this thing, mm -hmm. you roll on a d20, one through six, you take two damage to your strength, your depth, one through six, I'm just going down the line, it's one is strength, two is dex, then con, then int, then wisdom, then charisma. A seven is you gain one negative level. Jeez. You go down a level. Holy crap. This thing like warps reality, essentially. That is insane. An eight is the target is blinded, blinded or deafened for 1d4 rounds. Nine is target is confused for 1d4 rounds. Ten target is entangled by filaments of energy for 1d4. 11 target becomes fatigued or exhausted if already fatigued. Mm -hmm. 12 is target becomes nauseated for 1d4. 13 is stunned. 14 is sickened. 15 is staggered. 16 is target gains 4d6 temporary hit points. 4d6. 17 target is affected by a heal spell. The caster level is equal to the Protean's CR. So that's a, a level 8 healing spell. That's not bad. No. Oh, the next one up, though. 18. Target is turned to stone as per, oh. <laughs> as per flesh to stone. That's unfortunate. 19. Target is affected by Baleful Polymorph. I've never heard of that one before. Brandon, look up Baleful Polymorph. B-A-L-E-F-U-L. And... Ooh. Uh, number 20. Portions of the target's body burst with energy of a random type. Choose between acid, cold, electricity, or fire. Dealing 4d6 points of damage of the appropriate type to the target. So you have... Boils, basically. Oh, yeah. Of energy. Ugh. That's cool. Terrifying, but cool. Yeah. 
It's interesting that they put some positive things in there. It's fun. It's fun. I mean, it's two out of 20, so it's a tenth of your, your sure. options, but still. But if you're, you might, you're probably going to die anyway. You might just Leroy Jenkins the heck out of that thing <laughs> right. and see if you can get that two out of 20. Yeah. Hope that it grapples you. Hope that, that it constricts you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Any luck on Baleful Polymorph, Brando? Yes, it is a close-range, one-target, permanent effect. Saving throw, fortitude, uh, fortitude negates will partial. See text spell resistance, yes. This says, as beast shape three, except that you change the subject into a small or smaller animal of no more than one HD. If the new form would prove fatal to the creature, such as an aquatic creature not in water, the subject gets a plus four bonus on the save. If the spell succeeds, the subject must also make a will save. If the second save fails, the creature loses its extraordinary supernatural and spell-like abilities, loses its ability to cast spells, if it had the ability, and gains the alignment, special abilities, and intelligence, wisdom, and charisma scores of its new form in place of its own. Wow. Turn you into a bunny. Yeah, right. Yeah. Still retains class and level. <laughs> so uh, level 10 bunny. A level, a level 10 yes. bunny paladin, yeah. <laughs> Rogue bunny, yeah. As well as all benefits deriving therefrom. Such as base attack bonuses, base save bonuses, hit points, retains class features, other than spell casting. It keeps hit points? Yeah. That's shocking. You lose all your skill abilities. Like, all your skill points are reduced to that of the animal. But you keep your hit points, which at level 10... Yes. Yeah, I'm not going to do the math. I've, I've learned my lesson. Yeah. But it's upwards of 100. So exactly. it would be like a hundred hit point bunny. Yeah. Just hopping around. <laughs> Strong bunny. And then on top of that, if you had just rolled 16 on the warp wave effect, you would have gotten 4d6 temporary hit points. Man. <laughs> That's slightly bananas. I like that a lot. I wonder... If your DM is, if you're going into this, treating it like a Bloodborne game, or I forget the other one, but just an unforgiving, you you get what you're given, whether it's the DM or the die who decides that. Dark Souls. Dark Souls, thank you. If that's the case when you have to fight one of these. And on top of that, the party doesn't know what these things are capable of. That's crummy. That's nasty to go in there. And yeah, even just one of your party members and ends up being two intelligence points dumber and one level less and a bunny. You know? Yeah. Yep. And that's if they even have like Ghostbane Dirge or something where they can hit incorporeal creatures. Are you saying to, to bypass the damage reduction? To bypass the incorporeal. 
Oh, as incorporeal, they're untouchable? I thought that that just granted them the damage reduction. I think there's a little something extra with incorporeal. They might not be able to be meleeed. It's tough. Oh, yeah. Yeah, this this feels like a very nasty level 8. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't want to touch this until like 15 or 16 just to be safe. It's gross. Yeah. Yeah. A little more on the uh, baleful polymorph. Not only can this creature perform this, but it is also immune to it. Mm, yep. Incorporeal or gaseous creatures are immune to baleful polymorph and a creature with the shape changer subtype can revert to its natural form as a standard action. Yeah. And I, I want to ability damage. It's not drained. They're not being drained. The ability damage can be healed naturally. So just like you can take away from wisdom instead of hit points, I guess you can cast a healing spell to heal wisdom instead of hit points. That makes it less, holy crap, terrible. I mean, it's it's still pretty crummy, especially if for no other reason than you have to recalculate things. Imagine if it's a stat that you use regularly, you have to calculate on the fly, and that's just mm -hmm. that's just depressing. That makes you uh, think quick. Makes you have to think, yeah. And let's get into constrict. A creature with constrict deals this additional damage every time it makes a successful grapple check against a foe. This includes the first check to establish the grapple. Okay, so it's a contested strength check every single time. So you want to squeeze the wizard, basically, so they're not going to uh, escape. But that is an action. So once they grab someone, if they don't want to let go, then that's that's all they can do. So there's a little consolation in that. I guess basically have one person be the bait and then have everyone else haul off and beat the snot out of it. Right? Yeah. Just a quick word on incorporeal. It has no physical body. It can be harmed only by other incorporeal creatures, magic weapons, or creatures that strike as magic weapons and spells spell-like abilities, or supernatural abilities. Hmm. It is immune to all non-magical attack forms. Wow. Holy crap. And at level 8, like, <laughs> yeah. maybe half of your party will have magic weapons. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And even with that, you have DR. True. Right. So, your caster, you're going to rely on your caster. Yep. This is not something, unless you really, really mean... This is not something that you just let your party stumble upon. No. This is something that they get told about. This is something that they they have to, to roll for. Knowledge checks and whatnot. Knowledge checks, you up to know what they're going up against, and they prepare. You give them a bucket of gold a lot earlier down the line, and if they end up spending it on stupid stuff... That's their fault. But if they save it and realize later on what they need it for, you know. Yeah. 
this guy's a lot cooler than I thought he was going to be. Mm-hmm. And we talked a lot longer than I thought we were going to. So let's just let's just jump into ratings. Matt, if you were to rate the Pelagaster 1 through 10 puffy rainbow stickers, what would you give it? I would say I would go with 10. Yeah. I really like the the potential. I really like the just the character itself and as a a DM I think it has a lot of a lot to play with like Brando said earlier. Yeah. You know, there's there's a lot to go on and it would be really cool to have it as almost terrorizing a town and just kind of mischief and and things like that. But to stop it, you have to really be on your game and really have the right kind of party and the right kind of weapons and yeah. things like that. And in terrorizing the town, because it jumps from physical body to physical body, we might even not even know what the heck is going on at first. Exactly. Yeah. You just get word of somebody acting weird, not like themselves. You know, maybe somebody is committing random murders where you never thought that grandma would ever do that. Right. And she's she's got super strength or... or... Yep. Yeah, that is... That's really cool. It'd be a cool detective type, like a noir mm. D&D type crossover. Yeah, really, really force them to work to figure it out. Exactly. That's a great way to to be really involved in your player's building of the backstory. Yeah. Of their each individual backstory and give them guidelines. Say you're all from this town or you're all in this city. Yep. Give them reason to be invested. Yeah. And start start small. That could that could last for at least for a couple of levels. Oh yeah. It would last for hopefully at least eight, I suppose, unless you wanted to unless you had this in mind, you know, you start them at one and then they come back to the town for this. They're basically coming back as heroes. Yeah, you could start planting seeds really early on mm -hmm. about just weird little things happening. And then, like you said, they go and they come back, and then all of a sudden, it's all hell is broken loose. Yeah. It seems like it's got a lot of cool potential. And I, I can't wait. I, I do hope that we get another Protean down the road yeah. and see see the similarities, see how we can maybe tie them in and really work with the Proteans as a whole. Yeah, definitely. Brando, final thoughts on the, on the Pelagaster here? I don't want to see one. <laughs> Ever, like ever ever do you think there would be anything valuable or fun in at level let's say level 16 let's say you're twice its level coming upon one of these things mm -hmm. i feel like it's 16 it might i'm uh, it's it's hard to say but i feel like it a party of 16s it might be too easy no no let's say one-on-one -on -one. oh okay i think it would still pose a pretty good challenge yeah. At, I mean, I don't know. It could, it can, it will still be able to hit you with its claws, with those touch attacks for sure. Yeah. But the tail, I mean, it's, it's an opposed grapple at 16. You're going to be rolling pretty decent on your strength saves. True, but you get one natural one and you are toast. 
That's true. That and the possession, too. Right. The possession, more so. Mm-hmm. I would be more worried about the save DC. Uh, where is it? 20, it's a 19 will save. Your will should be should be pretty decent at that point. By 16, I would say. But the warp wave, you you save every single time. So even if it gets you for two, yeah, you're going to suffer some pretty crummy effects. And let's hope it doesn't turn you in an, into an animal or stone, especially because you're going solo. But it is less life and death, I think, coming upon one of these at 16 for sure. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. It's more manageable. Assuming you have a magic weapon, the damage output you would theoretically be doing, even with a fast healing of five, it's got an AC of 20. That's nothing. Not at 16. And it's got an HP of 105. So that's a a couple of whacks. All it takes for you is a couple of good hits, just as much as it takes for it, you to fail a couple of saves. So it's it's a crapshoot. But your good rolls are a lot more powerful than your bad rolls to them. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yep. Now, it does seem to also depend on what you are. If you're if you do happen to at some point face one one on one, you know, if you're a barbarian, it's gonna make it a little harder for you. Yeah, let's ho- let's hope you have a magic weapon. Yeah. If you do have that magic weapon, I wouldn't be worried at all as a barbarian. I mean, your will your will save is probably your smaller, one of your smaller saving throws. Yeah. But the grapple, you definitely don't need to be concerned about. So, yeah. Yeah. Just yeah. basically, if you don't have a magic weapon, you just walk away and keep swatting at it like a dragonfly until it leaves <laughs> you alone. Yeah. I think it's pretty cool. I would also give it 10 puffy rainbow stickers. It's a pretty nasty, nasty band yeah, he's, guy. It's cool. So I, I think that wraps it up for this week of Random Encounters. That's a pretty successful protean pelagaster, if ever I've seen one. Thanks for listening. Thanks for coming back. Just a reminder, all of the monster manuals that we use are up on the Feckless Momes website. Head on over there, check out the Random Encounters page, drop us a line at momes at fecklessmomes.com. If you have a specific monster that you'd like to see based out of one of those monster manuals, let us know. We'll give it a chat. Please, no more giant goats. Come on back next week, and we will discuss another random monster. Until then, stay random. I am your host, Nick. I'm Matt. And I'm Brandon. And... This is Random Encounters. Random Encounters is a proud member of the Feckless Moans audio network.